What's up, Ukramedia family? Vladimir Prognevsky here, and welcome to episode number 44 of the Ukramedia podcast, where I serve a Ukramedia family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Now, today's episode is a little different from the usual. Instead of having a new guest, I decided to bring back my twin brother, Sergey, and most of you know him. And so it's been it's been exactly one year since Sergey walked away from Fox Sports. I mean, he was a senior motion designer there. It was a great job, comfortable job, dream job, really. And he gave it all up to work full-time here at Ucremedia. So I asked Sergey to put together five things he learned from his first year experience in business. Now, I walked away nine months ago, and Sergey walked away, you know, exactly a year. So I thought it would be better just to have Sergey kind of uh, list his five things because it hasn't been a year for me yet. So anyway, Sergey, man, welcome to the show. Dude, that wasn't the deal, though. You told me to come up with five things, and you were going to come up with five, and then we're going to have well, ten all together. The, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, well, I just I'm not at the, at the year mark yet, man. So there's still a few months for me, you know. There's, sure. There's a learning curve, you know. But I did put five things together just in case you didn't come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Now the first thing on my list was it's harder than I thought it would be, and I say this because. I think you just found out just like five minutes ago <laughs> that I actually went as far as applying for, like I applied for a job and got an offer and I turned it down. So that's how scary it was during this, this ride. This wasn't that long, that long ago, you know, because most people think from the outside looking in, they think that we have it all figured out. Everything's great. We're millionaires, you know, <laughs> the emails and the comments we get, but man, we're still, we're in business. And I mean, and Sergey, you you don't have any credit cards, any loans, any debt, so you're still don't you're relying, still don't. yes, still don't. So you're relying on on just cash coming in. So there's, it's definitely been challenging trying to figure out which direction to take the business and what the next step should be. So we always have a finger on the pole, so to speak. But it's definitely you know, and unplugging from the whole thing is definitely tough. The work you, you can't just leave work; it kind of stays with you, right? But anyway, man, let's start let's start from your list. No, but at the end of the day, I want to add to that. It all works out. Maybe not in the way you thought it would work out, but things just come through. Ideas come through. It's amazing what kind of ideas you come up with when your back is against the wall. And I I think if you run your own business, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn, it's kind of this, if you work for a full-time job and you know it's easy to hide certain things, but when you run your own business, you can't hide. There's certain things pop up and you have to deal with it. So I think that's probably a really good lesson there. No, you, wanna- I, you know, when I, when I first walked away I remember from my job and I remember I had that feeling kind of like, okay, I'm good for the next couple of months now. Uh, we'll see how after that, we'll see how things are going to go after that. And I have that feeling every month, <laughs> even like nine months later, I still have that feeling like, well, I don't know where, where it's going to go from here, but hey, we're in it to win it, right? I mean, see, no, we'll sure. see what happens. And that's kind of, that feeling never goes away, I, th- I feel like. I still think it was the best decision. <laughs> but let's go down the, down the list. So you you have one too, right? We just- Yeah, yeah, you, yeah kind of, sort of. You went with the first one. You said it was scarier, or what did you say? Much harder, much harder than I thought it would be. Okay, my first one is a bad decision is better than no decision. And here's my concept on this. I remember where, when I was at that stage where I had Ukramedia on one side and then full-time job on, on the other side. And just remember like being on the fence, right? You kind of don't want to jump on one side too far and then on the other too far. And you're in this in the middle. And to be honest with you, that's like the worst place to be in, being on the fence, right? I think the best thing you can do is something coach, during Coach LaGuardia back in high school used to say, a bad decision is better than no decision. Meaning you make a decision with that ball, either pass it, shoot it, do something, then just freak out and do you know lose it completely. And that kind of stuck with me. And honestly, when the jump happened, it was a decision. And I didn't know if it was a bad decision or a good decision. The future was going to tell, right? And I think making a decision is better than sitting on the fence. And to be honest with you, some might say, hey, but what if it's a bad decision? Like, well, good. Then you're going to figure it out. And then you can see which one's bad and which one's good. But why take years to figure that out? right? Why sit there on the fence and think or and, and torture yourself? What if, what if that, what if this? I think the best thing you can do is just jump. Remember that quote, the pain of regret is much worse than the pain of discipline. And, and you know, pl- making that 
jump, creating that goal and actually jumping. So, but for me, like that's what I, why I jump because I'm 31 years old. I'm not getting any younger. I have two kids. We're only getting more and more responsibility the older they grow. And I felt like if we didn't do it now, then I would have that pain of regret down the road. You know, I've, I worked in a hospital for five years and I talked to so many different people, so many people that are on their deathbed. And I love talking to the people on their deathbed because you can learn a lot from, from their mistakes, from their successes. And number one thing everyone always talked about is regret of not doing the things that they wanted to do because of fear of people, fear of stupid things. Like the other day I had a conversation with somebody, actually over the weekend, a lady asked me, she's like, well, what about insurance? What about this? I was like, really? That's what's holding people back is insurance and comfort and security. Like, oh yeah, what about the insurance? What about the, the pension or whatever, the retirement and all that stuff? So you're going to sacrifice all your life working a job you hate because of comfort and security, man. That's, I think that's a, that's a lousy excuse. And honestly, that kind of leads to my second point, or, and it's this. It's all risky. I don't care if you have a nine-to-five job and it's a good job, good-paying job. It's still a risk because, I mean, I've been a part of a job or a creative agency where a big client leaves and everyone's dropping like flies, a lot of crying, a lot of tears. So I've seen that side. So I don't think like anything you do is risky. Driving is risky. (laughs) There's always a risk involved, but then we still do it. We still figure things out. So why not create the life you want and risk it, then hold on to something that someone else pushed you into or something you feel like you need to do. I think that's the worst. So I think it's all risky. I think you said creating a life that you want. It's harder to create your own life because it requires more time of being isolated, kind of like in the desert, so to speak, trying to figure things out. It's easier just to get a job. And right away, it's easier because you get a steady salary and everything's good. Everything's peachy, but you get capped. I mean, you're, you, you can't move up too much, right? But so short term, a full-time job is great. Long term, I think it's, you know, if you don't want to have a midlife crisis, man, you better step out and do something. Follow your heart. What's what's that song that's in you that you're, you've been suppressing, you know, that you've been putting away, putting on the, on the back burner, you know? If, if you're not following that gut feeling, that desire in your heart, it's only going to get worse and worse. You're only going to get more busy and, you know, what, what are we waiting for, right? And I think that's why I don't have any regrets jumping, even though as hard as it was and still is, we're still not sure where exactly things are going to go. But just reminding myself that, look, every morning I wake up, I, I spend time with my kids. I get to see them all day long. I get to have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I can just go anywhere during the day. You know, I don't have to raise my hand to go anywhere. <laughs> There's all this freedom. But, you know, it takes time to develop that. It takes time to figure the things out. And as soon as the first hardship comes your way, our first instinct, and it happened for me during this journey, is to, you know, to get a job oh my gosh, like it's getting uncomfortable. I want to get out of this situation as quickly as possible. I'm going to get a job. But then, you know, then you start thinking about it. It's like, really? And then, and then what? I'm going to be miserable. So first three months is going to be great. And then after three months, I'm going to be miserable again. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because you're going point on point. My next point is this. Negative, negativity, struggle, or either one, negativity, struggle, whichever, whichever one you want to go with, is always there. It's normal. You're, you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. It's always going to be there. And our job is not to live there. Our job is to deal with it and move on. You know, I, I think that's probably, I think, I know I've talked to people, people that see me jump and they would ask me like, you know, they would kind of like talk to me, have lunch with me and just kind of see what it's like, kind of just to see how life is. And I think the biggest mistake people make, they think by going after something, it would be easier. It will be less uncomfortable or, you know, whatever you want to plug in there, but it's always going to be there. I mean, there's struggle in finances, struggle in marriages. It's, it's always there, but it's not for you to neglect. You know, definitely you don't want to neglect it, but you don't want to live in it either. You don't want to let that define your experience. For example, yeah, things are tough in business, but then like you were saying, you know, now I can spend the time with my, my kids more. I can get to know them. We can go and enjoy things during the day when everyone's out. We can actually, you know, have that personal time together that we never have had before. And to me, if you focus on that instead of the struggles, because it's always there. It's 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 just, I don't think you, it's impossible for us to avoid it. It's, it's always going to be there. And I, I know uh, people ask like, how do you stay so positive? Or how do you guys stay, I remember, I've, I've heard someone say like, how do you guys stay so 
confident and positive. And it's not necessarily that we figured out how to get rid of struggle. I mean, if I told you stories that how how hard it was, you you wouldn't believe it. But it, the struggles are always there. But I don't let it define me. I just know that the key to any kind of success is to learn to defeat that in the sense that learn to go past it because right you have what is the average business that lasts like or i think like it takes about four to five years to take off or whatever but people give give up too soon so the the name of the game is to stay as long as you can because it's not that the struggle will go away but it becomes more of a like less of a noise to you it becomes i don't know it's always there i guess the point i'm trying to say it's always there we all experience it it's whether you, or not you use that as a tool to get you somewhere or, or, or as a tool to destroy you. It, it can be one of the two, right? No, you develop this mental toughness working for yourself that you kind of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. And uh, there's something to that. You kind of let the fear just kind of, you don't let it consume you, but you let it in a little bit. And then you experience that fear and then you realize that, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that scary. Because at first, it's only scary because it's new, right? That fear is is real and, and but once you dwell in it for a little bit don't let it consume it, but but let it let it in a little bit and because then you, there's freedom on the other side if you face your fear head on it's kind of like public speaking you know i remember when i first started out doing public speaking it's so scary so intimidating still is sometimes but once you overcome it when you get 3 4 5 speaking engagements under your belt all of a sudden, it doesn't look so scary, you know? And same thing with this. Like with every month, I felt like we gained more and more confidence. Like, man, somehow it all works out. Something else comes through, some kind of other thing. It just always works out. I don't know how, what, but the nature, human nature is you're going you're gonna to find a way. If there's not a way, you're going to make a way. And that's what I love. We learned that skill of finding a way to get us through another month because it is a long game, you know? It's whoever and lasts plus, the longest. I, I feel like you can look at the struggle the same way like I always say, the bodybuilder looks at the weights. You know, you can look at it as a, oh man, this is heavy or dude, this thing's going to make my muscles grow. So it, there's that mentality. Like some can say, like I've heard Jim Rohn say once, like you come out and say, oh, it's raining. Oh, I'm going to stay at home. I won't be doing the sales. You know, he was a salesperson. Or the other one comes out and says, it's raining. Wow. Everyone's at home. Great. No one's there selling anything. I'll be the only one. You know, it's that kind of mentality, right? Well, in the same way, it's negative or struggle in general. It can either be that weight that makes your muscles stronger, or it can be the weight that kills you. It's all mental. That's I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's per- perception. It's how you view it. I mean, for me, struggle gets me into to work. It gets me sometimes gets that motivation. I guess you can say motivation. It gets me going. It's like, hey, I gotta get, make this happen because if I don't, then I'm in trouble. So in a way, it's been a, a tool for me, really. No, and, and we need some of that. Like when you know that you're close with your bank account, there's not much. It, that's plenty of motivation to get things going, right? All of a sudden, we're working on more things and stuff. But yeah, it really is a long game. And whoever lasts the longest. And I learned that you got to have a daily routine. You got to have, you got to put things on the calendar they, that make you uncomfortable. Like, for example, I have three podcast interviews with people, I don't know, this week. And they're pretty Pretty big people in the industry, you know. I'm very nervous about each interview. Always nervous about every one of them. And but I know it's on the calendar. It's too late to back out. It's I can't back out now, you know. It's one of those things that now I have no choice but to follow through. Otherwise, then you know you have to stay true to your word, right? You made a promise. You're gonna deliver. And so that's kind of what what I do because naturally. I'll procrastinate and I won't get things done. But if I add things on the calendar and it's so easy to procrastinate when you work for yourself because you don't have anybody on your neck, you know, nobody's in your back trying to tell you, Hey, Hey, you got to do this. You got to do that. And you got to figure out what is it that you got to do. The only thing that's on your back is, uh, is the bank account, the statement, right? It's like, shoot. Okay. It, that, that reflects my work. You know, if I'm like, Oh wow, not much money this month. Well, I guess I worked hard, but I guess I didn't work on the right things. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I learned, that's my I learned that, feedback. I learned that just because you're busy doesn't mean you're moving fast. <laughs> that's a big, yeah. I think being strategic about what you, just having that sense of like, why am I doing this? <laughs> just because you're busy, it doesn't mean a thing. I know people always say, I got to get to work busy, do, do stuff. I don't know, man. I think time management just, 
managing your time because sometimes you think you're being busy, but you're wasting a lot of time. And just spending your time right will motivate you to get to the right stuff. Because I don't know about you, if I go out and play some soccer and spend time with the family, I can't wait to get back to the computer. But if I'm constantly sitting in front of a computer and busy, busy, I'm moving a lot slower, even though I'm thinking that I'm working right. hard. You know, But just having that break that we think is a waste of time is so important to you. And I think with business, I think it's probably the most difficult one because you always feel like you need to be working hard. Yes, you need to be working, 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 that. working. That guilt and, comes with it. And more and more, I'm, I'm realizing that people, busy people are just terrible with time management. That's all it is. Because people that have their stuff together are super organized, You know, know exactly what they need to do. They have a plan. They have a goal. They have a mission statement. You know, There's something to say to that. So I think busy people just need to work on time management. It's something I'm not good at it at yet, but I'm working on it. Well, I think what carries over from a full-time job is this whole thing, I got to just work, 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 more work. You know, for, I got to put in the 40 hours. But it's not about so much about quantity, it's about quality. I mean, you can work 40 hours and you have nothing to show for. I mean, I work with people like that. <laughs> they worked hard for 40 hours, so they look like they worked hard. You know, I always joke around, you know, the, the best way to get a raise in the corporate world, just have a stack of papers and a phone glued to your ear, just run around and, you know, move the papers around and people will be like, wow, that's the hardest working employee we got here. You know, we want to make sure we give him a raise. But, you know, just because you look busy and you're just trying to do things for 40 hours doesn't mean that you've actually accomplished. And that's the, the time management. I mean, most people look at, at their finances, they try to budget their finances because they think that's so important. But you can always get more money, but you can't get more time. Time is our most precious asset that we have on this earth. And, you know, we should budget our time just like we budget our finances. And I think that's so important. You got to, you, you can't, everybody has the same amount of time to work with, you know, and you got to be very strategic. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time, you know. But at the same time, you, you have to have like a right balance because neglect is so dangerous. You know, it's kind of like if you don't mow the grass or if you don't treat the weeds, you know, it just, it takes over. And the importance is not necessarily just spending the amount of time constantly like doing one thing. It's just being like super uh, kind of, I don't know, like have that ability to manage time to where you're spending little time here and there. It just, it all adds up. Just being very strategic with your time and being very... I don't know. Time management is huge. I'm learning a lot about it because I feel like that's the area where I need to grow. And that's one of the one of those things that I said that you learn a lot about yourself as you run your own business. And I feel like time management for me, you know, artists are usually like, "Well, I'm just gonna wait till I'm inspired." There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no such thing as inspiration. It's it's BS. You you have to. I just you got to learn to plow and and do and. Yeah, appetite comes during eating, right? You just gotta go on. <laughs> Inspiration will come during work, so to speak. Yeah. But you know, it's easy. You said interesting. You said you said neglect, and that's something that within I told you that earlier. But thirty days ago, because I, you know, what's easy to do is easy not to do. You know, everybody says that an apple a day is good for you. You know, walk around the block. But who does it? Because it's so easy to do, but then again, it's easy not to do, like put away a dollar a day to whatever. So I, I started disciplining myself more in that area. So I start every single day for the last 30 days now. I've been doing, waking up in the morning. So first thing first, it takes me five minutes. It's so easy to do, but again, it's easy not to do, right? And so I thought, because something that you need is discipline. And dis, In business, you got to have discipline. You got to stick with things. And so I've created like an exercise for myself. Every morning I get up and I do 50 push-ups, 50 squats, and uh, 120 sit-ups. Like I have different, you know, 25, you know, like different sit-ups that I do. And right before I go to bed, I do the same thing. You know, it takes me literally five minutes. And you know what? I didn't notice a big difference first 20 days. But after that, dude, I'm like, Wow. It's amazing because I don't really have time throughout the day to go hit the gym and concentrate on my health. And then I'll, I'll go like a week working out and I'll drop it. But this is so simple that I can follow through on that. And, I, and so that taught me a lesson to to do things like to read a page a day, you know, to, to write a page a day, to take that 15 minutes and invest in some other skill that you've always procrastinated on, like, you know, writing or coding or whatever it is, you know, take the time because you can't like, for example, people are like, oh, I'll work out, you know, at the end of the week. You can't squeeze in, like if you calculate all the time that I've, all the squats and everything that I've done in the last month or so, to squeeze it in in one week or in one day, dude, you're going to kill yourself. But it's so much easier just to do it over a long period of time 
little by little every day. So creating that daily routine and working in, in that daily routine after a while, dude, you'll be surprised how quickly things add up. And that's what I'm kind of experimenting with right now because I'm always like, well, I don't have an hour a day to work, to learn all this stuff. But man, it takes five to 15 minutes a day because a lot of times like after 15 minutes, you already burn out. Like after that, you're just kind of forcing yourself to learn this thing. But you read something for 15 minutes, walked away, then all day long you're meditating on it. So you really, you're still thinking about it. You're still processing. Then you're coming back and then you're picking up wherever you left off. And then all of a sudden you have a different perspective because you had the whole day to think about it, you know, versus trying to cram it all in. You know, that never worked for me. No, but what I, I learned that there's this like war against good and evil in almost every aspect of our lives. Whether it be working out, you know, there's this tendency to either work out or to sit on the couch and eat a donut, you know, there's always this good and evil there's, or, you know, for example, to go work or not to work to, you know, you, you plug whatever you want there, but essentially what I've learned, the good always wins. And even though, let's say, even though you're, you can have, you know, either not work out and work out or do the opposite, right? Eating donuts and then working out. But if you always do the good, it's always going to kill the bad. But the problem is, if you don't do the good, the bad will creep in. You know, it's it's that kind of mentality. It, it, there's no such thing as nothing. If you're not doing one, the other one's at work. If you're not learning, then you're becoming dumber. Or, you know, I can't think of any good examples. But you get the idea how there's always something. If you don't, if you don't do good, if you don't pull those weeds, guess what? Those weeds are growing. And that kind of goes into almost every area of our lives. It could be motion design. It can be our marriages, our family life or friendships. And the, the way to fix it is simple. Just do something that's more powerful. Like it's more powerful to be productive than lazy. Like productivity will will kill laziness on any day. Like light overpowers darkness. So good always wins, but the struggle is to do it. That's where, it's, that's where it basically the, the fight is. And, but if we do, like you said, in the smaller, on the smaller scales, just create habits and do it daily, it becomes very easy. But again, if you don't do it, uh, the other thing will creep in. You know, if you don't work out, guess what? You're going to get lazy and fat. I mean, that's that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, consistency is, is the name of the game. Like whoever's most consistent, I, I don't think there's a lot of talented people that just can't, they're not consistent enough and they can't deliver things. But it's usually that guy who's good enough, but consistent. Yeah. I know several people who are not that great, but they're consistent and they're doing really well in life because of their consistency. And the battle is truly, truly is between our ears and it starts with mental toughness. It starts with yeah, making sure your thought life, how you see yourself, how you, how you speak about yourself, where you are with confidence, but it all starts in your head. And I feel like if you're going to tackle anything, get a pen and paper and just start meditating about things. What's, what are you thinking about? What's bothering you? Write it on a piece of paper. And that's, I usually do that. I write everything that bothers me, what things I want to improve on. And then just, it kind of solve it like a math equation, you know, I just tackle one by one. It's like, okay, I'm always struggling with this one thing. Why? It's been years. Why am I still struggling with this thing? So it's like every day I'm going to do five minutes. You know, that's what I told myself for five minutes. I'm going to, I'm going to do 50 pushups, 50 squats and this, whatever. So it's like, so now I don't have to feel guilty about my health, my fitness. So I'm just, okay. So no more, no more worrying about this thing off to the next one. Okay. This, you know, make sure my marriage or spending time with my kids. I'm always complaining how I'm, I feel like I'm not connecting with my kids. Okay. I need to solve this problem. What can I do? You know, get some you know time throughout the day where you do something intentional with your kids, truly connecting with them and just create a routine and just go with it. Because in business, it's like, it's always like damage control or it's uh, <laughs> what's the reaction, reactive versus productive. You're always What's important? And so those little things that you need to do every day throughout the, the weeks and months, you neglect them because you're always on to the problem. What, what's the problem? Let's solve it. Well, see, that, that kind of goes to my next, my fourth point. Success Man, is I'm hitting the them every time. I know. Success is the combination of strategy, time management, and hard work. And honestly, if you don't have a strategy or vision where you're heading, like what's the point, right? If you, you're playing soccer and you don't know which goal to score on, like that's kind of a waste. You're just going to what? What are you going to do, right? So, and then when you figure out the goal, you need time management, you need hard work. I mean, all of that is part of, I think, success. But I think like you were saying, the most important thing is not just do life every day and just kind of make it 
run itself. You want to every day at the end of the night, just kind of reflect on it. Like, where, why am I feeling guilty about this? Why am I not seeing success in this? And, and kind of like have that constant check and balance, you know, kind of keeping yourself on track and doing that daily is, is I'm not saying I'm good at it by no means, but trying right, that right. is definitely is good, I think. And you know, everyone that I have, let's see, this is episode 44. So I've interviewed 43 other people. Well, 42, because one of them was you. <laughs> but it seems like everyone that I talk to, like Joey Kornman, Chris Doe, what, who, who else? I can't remember. Several others that mention the fact that they have coaches, they have mentors. And that's something that I'm learning more and more. You know, nine months in business, I'm like, man, we need to find good mentors, good coaches like where can I find a coach, somebody who can guide us? Because a lot of times you're in this business and you're so married to it and you have this kind of like tunnel vision. You're not seeing things that you might be walking on gold, but you're not seeing it. You know, you have some, you have to have somebody like a different perspective, somebody who walked the path before and somebody who who owned a business before. And then they're in the same or similar industry who can kind of hold your hand and walk you through this. Man, that would have been so helpful. And I'm still... I'm still kind of like searching for that for that mentor for that coach that can take us to that next level because I feel like we're we're we have one perspective but we need somebody who can show us a different way or another I mean, just way. Crazy to think that like dude we're entrepreneurs now like when did that happen? <laughs> right? Like how do we get into this? But it's a fun journey. I I'm enjoying it. I mean there's definitely challenge, there's definitely room to grow. But ultimately, I love the fact that we get to, like you said, like get to meet different people, to hear perspective and grow and and just kind of learn new things and new ways of doing things. Uh, it's definitely challenging, but there are days to when you, you just wonder, you know, it would be easier to just have nine to five. <laughs> have somebody tell <laughs> you what to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Just tell me what to do, what button to push. <laughs> but then I, I still think it's worth having your own business. I do. Well, I think it's worth, here's why, because like right now, it may not seem like it because we're still so new into this, but man, I guarantee you it's all going to compound after a while. You know, I can't imagine when I'm on episode 500 and we got to hang out with 500 people in this industry and imagine if we have so many more courses and things, you know, it compounds after a while. It's kind of like back in the day when I used to work out for a whole year, I didn't see any results at all. I mean, I was just skinny kid, the same kid going to the gym. People were making fun of me like, dude, you're not growing. And then after one year, just like, boom, blew up so much so to where I had to stop working out because it was just growing too fast. My joints started hurting. And anyway, so which goes to show that it takes time, but most people that try it out for a little bit, for a few months, for half a year, and then like, you know what? This stuff doesn't work. Forget it, man. I'm walking away from it. But what they don't know that the seed already went in the ground. The seed first has to die to self. There's all this hardship that it has to go through the soil. And it's just about to peek in, just about to break through. And most people say, hey, this is not for me. It's not working. Walk away. But really, they're just, you know, three feet from gold, so to speak, you know, and they don't even know it. And I feel like that's that's early on. That's what that was our promise to each other. We said, hey. Let's not look at numbers. Let's not get cut up with everything. Let's just continue doing great work. Keep showing up every day. Keep doing it. And it's as long as we get through the next month and the next month and the next month, because it's the long game. Whoever lasts here the longest wins kind of thing. And that was kind of our attitude from the get-go. And I feel like that's what kind of kept us going is this idea that, hey, it's all right. Next ball. Next ball. You know, when you're in soccer, when you miss and when you mm -hmm. don't quite win, there's next game, next season. Just keep going. You know, Manchester United didn't become Manchester United overnight, right? I mean, I'm sure they went through seasons of hardships and things. It's just most people don't see, they look at the successful person and they think that, oh, they're probably born in a rich family and they're probably, they probably hit home run from, from day one, but they don't understand the, the hardships and things in it. So that's kind of what I remind myself that, look. Yeah, I don't think people glide to the top of the mountain. I mean, they climb. You know, it's... Anyone who's on, on top, uh, you look at anyone, I have high respects, whoever it is. I know that that person worked really hard to get to where they're at. That's why I enjoy talking to people that have successful businesses because I don't care what kind of business it is. I guarantee you that there was a lot of hard work, a lot of uncomfortable situations, a lot of you know decisions. And honestly, I think that's probably the, the biggest one out of all is like ability to make decisions. Like uh, I think... 
it's just a such struggle to like we always want to get out of making decisions, but learning to like make more decisions and bring more decisions in and and just to kind of have the ability to kind of have the vision and make decisions to move forward. I think that's tough. But I have the last one right here on my list, Vlad. It's, it's uh, become a believer of self. And honestly, I think that one was huge for me because uh, as a lot of you know, I was an introverted kid. I was uh, very antisocial in a lot of ways. And for me, it took years to just get to that, like believing in myself. And honestly, when when jumping, like having our own business, that one was definitely a, a big one for me, believing believing that I can do this. Like, not only is it crazy the fact that I, what I'm doing with two children and two months of savings, it's like, what am I doing? I mean, I remember, I mean, the conversation I had with my wife and seeing the tears in her face. I mean, that was tough. Saying like, hey, I I need to do this. Like, that was a tough conversation. To, to I mean, you have to have some kind it's of still belief. tough. I, it is, and having some kind of belief in what it is you want to do. I mean, that was uncomfortable, but honestly, you read through history, you see people doing big things and doing like awesome things. You're always like, oh, well, it's somebody else. But at what point do you stop and say, why can't that be me? Like, why can't I do something like radical, something crazy out of, out of, some, out of my norm? Like, how, how, why can't I not go after my dreams the way others went after their dreams? Like, how am I different from them? And it's not until you realize that, that, you know what, it's like, we're just like everyone else. I mean, come on, dude, we came to this country with a suitcase in our hand, you know, how bad can it be? You know, what, what do we have to right. lose? I mean, from the get-go, remember how we learned Adobe was basically somebody dropped off a computer uh, in our house. And then we learned how to use Adobe products before we learned how to speak English. And the hardships, I mean, going to school, not speaking the language. I remember when people would walk behind us and like, say bad words and we didn't speak the language and we turn around like smile at them because we're thinking they're trying to talk to us and they're being sneaky you know kind of like hey hey and you just like say bad words and just and then you're like oh wow they're making fun of me like totally remember that when somebody shoved me in the locker because <laughs> man i'm not even gonna go in, in all the details but i just the hardships just going through that and i feel like all our lives it was nothing but just living outside of our comfort zones and so i'm i'm so used to living outside of my comfort zone that Maybe that's why it's easier for me to make decisions like that. But it's just basically just getting immune and immune to un- being uncomfortable. And I feel like a lot of times people always run to that comfort zone. You know, as soon as they feel something uncomfortable, like, ah, I'm going back to my Netflix and TV and popcorn. And I just want to sit here and be comfortable. But, you know, that never leads to anything great. No, but even like uh, I've heard many people come up to me and, and like kind of ask for advice. Like, hey, I really feel like... I need to start my own business or go 100% freelance or do like this radical change for their lives. Right? Like they, they keep like kind of asking me like, what do you think I should do? And I don't have a good answer for, for people. Like, like, what do you want me to say? I'm just going to tell you that it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it's going to be the best thing that, I, that ever happened to you. It's, you're going to feel like a human again. See the problem when, when you have nine to five, you have the same thing over and over and I'll be honest with you, time flies like crazy when you do that. When you do the same thing over every day, you just, months become days and it's just unbelievable how quickly time flies. But I, I'll be honest, I don't know if you experienced that, Vlad, but when I jumped, the days have slowed down, hours have slowed down. It, it just feels like every day is a different experience. You, you like, feel alive. Here's like when you work a nine to five job, I mean, depending how stressful your job is, you may feel, you may, may be on your toes all day long, but after a while you will get comfortable. It's kind of like when you first start running a mile every day, if you run a mile every single day, you're going to struggle at first, but then you're going to get immune to it. Your body will get adjusted to it. It'll be easy. And then you just be in your comfort zone. This is all you're going to know, you know? And I mean, always the first week, first month at work is the hardest and then you get used to it and then it becomes norm and then it becomes boring. Then you, you lose that feeling of living. You become, it's just become, you become like a factory machine. You just work, 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 work. But when you step out and do things that are uncomfortable, do things for yourself. And when you know your name's on the line, you have to jump on a call and do things that you usually don't do and step out and do things that are super uncomfortable. That's when life starts, man. That's, that's life. It's like, getting married and having starting a family it's scary it's uncomfortable you die to self you have to sacrifice a lot of things but there's, but there's what you a don't, different side what of you don't yeah. do 
what you don't do before you become a father, you don't sit there and think like, should I become a father? I mean, if, if you're going to do that, you're going to talk yourself out of it, obviously. I mean, it's the struggles and stuff definitely will overweigh the good, but you will you won't know how good it is until you jump out and do it. Like you won't know how amazing something is until you jump out of the comfort zone and experience it. But it's amazing how the only thing that holds you back is fear. And nothing is just made up. It's just a, it's just something you created in your in your head. It's not even that scary. A lot of times when you jump, you realize, you know what? This isn't as scary as I thought it would be. No, for sure. Now let's let's transition talking about Adobe. Adobe Max and then you went to Amsterdam. What was that experience like? Well, Adobe, uh, no, let's do Amsterdam first. So IBC happened kind of like a last minute thing because I was already booked for Max and I was preparing for it. But then two, three weeks before Max, IBC happened, but I learned about IBC like two weeks before IBC. So they were like, hey, you want to come? I'm like, sure, let's do this. And it was cool because it's been a while since I've been to Europe. I've, you know, we came from Ukraine when we were 12 and we really haven't been back to Europe or overseas at all, right? We kind of stayed domestic here. And it was kind of cool to go see Europe for, for the first time in a long time, especially by myself. And that was really neat. So I enjoyed that, especially hang out with Adobe. I don't know if, if you ever have an opportunity to hang out with Adobe. It's it's always a blast. I mean, they're such fun and passionate and talented people. And I, I almost always walk away just inspired, motivated, and I learned so much from them. So that was huge. But their journey to to IBC was crazy. I live in Charlotte. We both do. And during that time, we had this hurricane was it Florence? I think it was, right? Hurricane Florence was coming yeah, our way. I think so. And it was supposed to hit Charlotte on the next day or the day before, no, the day after my my flight to Europe. And I didn't know the whole week if it was going to hit the day before. I mean, I didn't know when it was going to hit, honestly. And it just, the whole week I was nervous. I didn't know if I was going to miss the flight. So that was kind of crazy. But then I was able to get on the flight to Boston, kind of away from it. And then from Boston, I flew straight to Amsterdam. But that was a close call. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I didn't know if everything was going to be shut down. And as soon as I left, like the next day, the hurricane hit uh, Charlotte. And it wasn't that bad, but I think flights were delayed then. So that was cool. But in Amsterdam was fun. I, I mean, I got to hang out with a lot of creatives and just being a part of a conference. Yeah, I've never been to like all media type conference. I've been to VidCon, but that's more like teens and stuff like that. But IBC, it's kind of like NAB, I think. It's pretty cool. Right. I was able to see a lot of foreign people, a lot of different influences. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. So that was IBC. But then after that, obviously, we were able to go to Adobe Max. Vlad was supposed to go with me, but what happened, Vlad? I think I was I think I was uh, on the speaker store with the organization I volunteer for. That's what happened. Good answer. Put you on the spot there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost no, had but, to check my calendar there for a second. No, but Adobe Max, I loved it so much because A, it was in America and it was something, the area where I was familiar with, LA, and just a lot of uh, interesting, I don't know, a lot of cool people were there and a lot of people that I knew, especially from the community. Peter Bacor was there and uh, John and just a lot of people. It was cool to actually see everyone in there. It felt like a big family. And uh, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I enjoyed just seeing everybody in person because I, I met a lot of people online. I talked to a lot of people. But it's one thing talking to them online and then seeing them in person. You feel like they're, they are celebrities because you've been seeing them for so long and you've never met them, right? And then you see them in person. You're like, oh, wow, man, that's what you look like in person. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really cool. I, I enjoyed that. I think that was probably the best the most fun part of it all. But I also enjoyed presenting. I learned a lot about myself, taking on that fear of public speaking, which surprisingly, I I enjoyed it. And I didn't realize how comfortable I, I was or I would be at presenting to a lot of people. I think it was like 400 some people to 700 some people. But yeah, it felt nice. It actually felt like, I don't know, there's something about presenting things live, which I'm sure Vlad, you can relate you get that instant feedback. You can see, kind of feel where people are at, if they're getting what you're saying or if they're completely checked out. And then you can kind of either spice it up or move on or camp out in some areas longer. So that feedback to me was crucial and I loved it. How do you feel about speaking in front of a lot of people? Oh man, I love it. I think it's great. It's kind of like, you know, when you listen to an artist, you listen to their live stuff and then you listen to their recorded stuff. I always go with the live stuff better because I don't know, it comes 
comes through more authentic. You you can sense their uh, feel their nerves and ah, it's just something about live performance is so much better because you can tell they're feeding off people and uh, it's not just in the studio, kind of like pitch perfect kind of thing, but it's more raw. And that's what I like about speaking that it's just kind of you learn a lot about yourself. You're like, wow, I didn't think that I get this nervous. <laughs> I need to work on this because you know, un- under pressure, you know, you learn a lot. I like what you said about. Do you remember you said the advice you gave me is just public speaking. It's all about learning how to be yourself on the stage. Really, the success of that, right? Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, you know, it's true because it's kind of like I, I, I think I've gave the, gave this analogy before, but I kind of butchered it. But it's kind of like you know, both you and I kicked field goals before, right? And when you're so close to the field goal, like they always stress on kicking the field goal, like the same if you're 50 yards or 15 yards away, you know, this should be the same kick. You shouldn't try to like hit it harder 50 yards away. It's you concentrate on your form. You hit it the same way. It's like you act the same, but nature, you know, naturally when you, when you're so, when you're 50 yards away, for some reason you have this stupid thing in your mind that you have to hit it really hard and you kill it. I mean, you hit it as hard as you can and it always just like goes too low and just, you know, too quick. Anyway, it always, you always mess up when you try to, when you get intimidated by the distance. Well, in public speaking the same way, when you first start, you should speak on stage the same way as you speak with, you know, us right here, right now, you know, off stage. If you're one person on stage and off stage, you're another person, you're either trying too hard or you haven't figured it out, you know, because... When I first started out, that's how it was for me. Like I try to have that stage voice and try to and the nerves and everything, and just like now nah, I could tell that it's not me. It's not coming across authentic. You know, you know it when you listen to somebody speak, speak, and then they're like, it just sounds so so rehearsed, so not them. And then they get off stage and then they sound like a totally different person. I'm like what? That's that's not effective. So if you want to be effective. You learn to be you and whatever. So because you're going to have to deal with nerves and all this other stuff. But the quicker you figure that stuff out, the quicker you can figure out how to be you on stage and not like, you know, the person who you think you should be on stage, the, the more effective you're going to be. That's my take on it. And I think that's what I told you before the conference. Just don't try to be somebody you're not. You know, I was in the speaker's room at the Adobe Max conference and I saw Terry White. I was like, holy crap, that's Terry White. Like, I know that guy. And uh, I came up to him. I was like, hey, you're Terry White. He's like, yeah, I know that. Thank you. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> but I, I asked him, I was like, dude, I'm about to go and present my session. Do you have any advice? And uh, he said, talk to people like you talk to your friends. And I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, it's pretty much know? the same thing what I told you, but in a more simpler way. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, I'm not going to say who this was. Because uh, anyway, I was about to get on stage one time before this big speaker. I mean, this guy spoke at inaugurations, the presidential inauguration. Uh, he spoke at big arenas. And it was so cool because they set, him, set me right next to this guy. And there was probably like a thousand people in the tens. It's like the biggest place I've ever had. It was my first time I spoke at a big place like that. And I was super nervous. And I remember thinking like, well, I'm sitting next to this guy. I'm going to ask him like something. So I, the, the best thing I could come up with, I asked him, is there a tip or a trick or something that you deal with or how, how to overcome being nervous? Something like that. And he started laughing. He's like, hey, if you find one, let me know. I get nervous every time. <laughs> and just laughing. And we were both like sitting back there nervous. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this guy speaks on, you know, at big arenas and stadiums and, and live TV and all that stuff. And he's nervous every time. So that made me feel better about myself. I was like, wow. So I guess it's, you don't truly overcome nerves. You just have to like going back to what we were talking earlier. You just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And when you do that, when you figure out how to control your nerves and the way you control them is pause, breathe, you know, take time. Don't, because when you get on stage, you have this thing, especially when you have clock, like somebody, when you have a clock going against you and somebody tells you that you have five minutes to speak, your natural instinct is to go as quickly as you can. Oh gosh, oh, I'm still not done. So, and uh, that's when you get in trouble. Your breathing gets is off and just, so I learned just to, you know, first of all, practice and practice, practice. But when you get up there, just talk like I talked in real life and take time to pause. And know, it's okay to I pause. I guess this, to sum this podcast up, basically what it all comes down to is this. Things that you think are scary really aren't all that scary. And a lot of times you think you're in this, you know, you're facing this big giant, but really it's not that big. And that's, if I had to sum up this journey, it's really not as scary as I thought it would be. You know, I, I was 
kind of thinking about this jump for years and kind of imagining what it would be like and how dramatic and how life changing it would be. But really, it's just, I mean, yeah, there were struggles. Yeah. I mean, it's not easy, but having a job is not easy. It's not any different than having a full-time job. You're just in a, on a different turf, different rules, different environment, but ultimately it's the same thing in, in the sense that it's still hard, but you're doing it differently on your, ter- on your own term. So to kind of like, I guess we probably should end this, but I would say things that you put in your mind that you think are scary to learn or to, to go after, and you've kind of built up this, these walls, just imagine for a second, what if all that stuff that you've put up around you, what if it's not as scary as you think they are? What if they're just just something you made up? And why not jump and see what it's really made out of? You won't truly know until you jump, until you well, do it's it. Not, it's not necessarily even jumping. It's just whatever it is, the dream that's in you, that fresh song that's still in you. Like, yeah, it, it was hard, but it was not scary. Like, it's, it's, it's only scary for the first week and two, and then the first month. And then you're like, wow, we made it. Okay, well, on to the next month. Working a full-time is a full-time job is hard. Yeah. Being a freelancer is hard. I mean, it's everything's hard. Everything's risky. So just build your own future. Exactly. So take time to plan your own. Because if you don't plan, if you're not going to plan your life, you're going to be part of somebody else's plan. And chances are they don't have the best things in store for you. You know what I mean? And just want to make sure that yep. you're in control uh, yeah, and I like how I forget who said it, but there was, the guy was saying, "It's like, look, if you grew up in uh, like during you know when Nazi Germany was in full swing, like if you grew up in that era during those years, you probably would have become one of them because if you're part of everybody else's plan, you know, if you don't have your own plan now, but when you start planning your own life, when you're very intentional about your goals, your dreams, and everything, you're not going with the flow because the flow is not good. Sometimes the flow goes the wrong direction, and crowds follow the flow, you know. So if you want to save yourself from from terrible things, then just plan your own life. Be intentional about every hour of the day, about where you're going. Take time to pause and reflect. You know, it's kind of like when you, both of you and I can relate to this, but when when you have a baby, you check on baby. You don't check on baby like seven days from now, you know? Hourly, every minute, you know, you try to make sure you always keep an eye on that baby. Well, same thing on your careers, on your dreams. You don't just put them aside and just go. You got to kind of nurture them. You got to Make sure you're doing something every single day to make sure you're going the right direction. That just 1%, if you're improving 1% every single day, we're getting 1% closer to that destination. It's okay to work a job you hate because sometimes you have to work a job you hate to figure out what you really want to do, right? It's okay to work a job you hate as long as you have a plan where you want to be. Sometimes you need to go through that season and save up the money and do the things you need to do as long as it's part of that plan. Hey, hey, before we wrap it up, because I'm looking at the time, it's like, wow. We're, we're deep, deep in it. I, w- I want you to talk about uh, new things that are coming up for you, Kermedia, your course that you're working on. Oh, yeah. So the 7th of, are you going to release this when? Isn't it coming out Wednesday? No, w- this podcast, when are you going to release oh, this? Oh, uh, it will be Tuesday. So it will be uh, November 6th, I hope. <laughs> should be November 6th. So it's the so either right the now. day after this podcast. So the day after this podcast, we're going to release a course similar to the one I presented at Adobe Max. Basically, this course is going to be on how to animate logos and icons in After Effects. And I'll talk about things like shape layers, the importance of that. And then I'll talk about animation, keyframe easing, keyframe velocity, speed graph. We'll talk about how to animate an icon. We'll actually animate an icon, a copy icon. And we'll talk about how to animate a logo. We'll animate our Ucremedia logo. And then we'll wrap it up by talking about how to export your composition into MOV, animated GIF, and things of that nature. So it's going to be one of those things kind of guide you from the very beginning. So every, like those icon, animating an icon will be something that we're, we're going to start at the very beginning and kind of guide you all the way through. I think it's a super useful course. I got some feedback from it at Adobe Max, and that was only like an hour and 15 minutes, maybe that, maybe like an hour and five minutes. But this one is actually an hour and thir- uh, two hours and 30 minutes. So I've added a lot of more things into it. So definitely excited about it. It's going to be out again on the 7th of this month. So definitely check it out. And the link, Vlad, is probably going to include definitely. at the bottom of this hey, quick, podcast. Hey, uh, quick question. Who is this course designed for? Like what kind of people should be taking advantage of this course? 
So this is definitely geared for people that are graphic designers, people that want to do more animation. Uh, just in general, it's for anyone, like even editors. If you want to learn more about After Effects, definitely I think it's for you, especially with animation, go like how to animate things using shape layers and things of that nature. So you'll learn a lot about easing and things like that. So I think it'll be useful for a lot of people. I'm not sure how to attach it, but primarily for someone who's got some graphic design skills and if you're somewhat new or medium in After Effects, you want to learn more, that's definitely for you. And if you followed us for, for a while, you know that our deals are the best during the launch of the product. So with us, you save when you buy early. It's not like, you know, other companies, you know, Apple or whatever, they discount things at the end. So we'd do the opposite. Once you, once the promo is over, it's never going to go down. It's going to stay the same or go up. So anyway, wanted to put, put that out there. Sergey, man, thanks so much for your time. Anything else Thank you, dude. you want to plug in? Uh, oh, and after this, I'll be adding more to the expressions course. We're going to talk about the new changes that are coming to, or that are already here for the new expression engine, the JavaScript or Java. Yeah, the old one was Extend Script, and this one is JavaScript engine. So it's new. And I know there's few, you know, we do have a few things that are different. And we'll talk about that in, here in a week or so. I'll create a video addressing all the new changes, all the new things that are coming. But ultimately, it's exciting because with this new engine, it's actually up to date. The, the old one was from like 1999, so it's pretty old. But this new one has new methods, new way, ways of doing things. So it's definitely exciting. And I think for the most part, it's it's good because it's going to help you to be better and it's going to make things faster. It's five times faster than the old engine. So it's definitely exciting. But we'll talk about that in the next video and then I'll update the course and we'll do more about the expressions. Time is definitely an issue, but we'll be adding more to expressions course here shortly. All right. And I'll make sure to include all the links in the, in the show notes. If you go to ukramia.com slash 44, I'll have everything there. And uh, also make sure to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. So it's ukramedia.com slash community. And we have, what is it, like almost 3,000 people there. So definitely join the group absolutely free. And uh, I think it's a wrap, right? Yep. All right. Bye-bye. Take care.